Alright, let's open our Bibles quickly to the book of Psalm 29. Good morning, everybody. It's a blessed day for you today in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Psalms 29. You know it's our habit. We declare the glory of the Lord. We typically use the same version of the scriptures so that our voices will resonate. And let's use the New American Standard, which is one we use most of the time. Let's read with a robust heart. Amen. From verse 1 to the end, Psalm 29, let us go. Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in holy area. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord heals out flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer to calf and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everything says glory. The Lord sat as king at the flood. Yes, the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Amen. amen. Say amen to that again. Amen. This morning, the Lord will give you strength. Amen. As the word is coming forth, strength is entering into you. Amen. As the word is coming forth, peace is coming to your life. Amen. The word peace in Hebrew is shalom, which doesn't only mean peace, doesn't only mean peace when you sleep. It means prosperity also. It means contentment. It means gladness of heart. It's a spiritual force that comes in and just puts you at ease. Do you get my point? You're not worried about tomorrow. You're not worried about one bad news you heard yesterday. That is what is called peace. And the way, you know, the Hebrew, Muslims be like that today. The same thing. If a Muslim wants to greet you, we tell you, Salam Aleikum. If I have a friend, a young colleague. He's not a Muslim. He's a devout Catholic. But that's how he greets. He thinks it's a beautiful greeting. Anytime he calls, he says, Salam Aleikum, sir. That's how he greets me. The Jewish man will tell you, Shalom. I told you, let your words be prophetic. The Bible says, let your words be seasoned with salt. And you're supposed to do what? Minister grace. So stop telling people, how are you? That's, that's query. <laughs> All right? Like, anyway, if you ask my, ask my children, how are you? They will prophesy back for, for you. They'll tell you, it is well with me. As I'm growing up and getting wiser. Learn to prophesy. Learn to greet people. Tell them, the Lord bless you. It, it, that's better. Bye. You know, it has no meaning. Somebody is traveling. Send a word <laughs> with the person. Say, safe journey to you. The Lord will go with you. You will return safely. And that's better than bye, 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 meaningless greeting. Nothing doesn't help. I mean, learn to bless people. Say so it is well with you today. A good day to you. Grace to you as you go out this morning. That's how you should greet people. Why? Because you are ministering what? Shalom, peace, prosperity to the individual. Again, I say to you this morning, the Lord will give you strength. Amen. And he will bless you with peace. Amen. As this word is coming forth, peace is coming to your life. Amen. 
Prosperity is coming to your life. Amen. Ease is coming into your life. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know what that means? He said, you will find rest for your souls if you take my yoke. As this word is coming for this morning, it's removing the yoke of the world. It's removing the yoke of sin. It's bringing the yoke of Jesus into your life. And you will find rest for your souls. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, because of that, we will declare that we have understanding as follows. One, two, let's go. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Let's take our seats. The Lord is good. If you are blessed and you know it, say amen. amen. All right. We are continuing to look at the fundamental doctrines of faith that help us walk in a manner worthy of the Lord so we can please him in our respect and to experience his power in our lives. Remember, I said faith is crucial. And last time, I couldn't get into what I wanted to teach because in beginning to explain the importance of our faith, I went into so many things. But I'll say it again, please, guard your faith jealously. It's a key to your life. I hope you're getting my point. That is what determines what comes to you. Please, guard your faith jealously. With it, you select the realm of life you are walking in. Guard your faith jealously. Please. With it, you determine whether what is written in scripture will come to pass in your life, or it won't. Remember, we started by saying that faith is a technology for living. That's what it is. Faith will determine whether the diseases that are spreading all over the world will get to you, or it won't get to you. Faith will determine whether in the midst of all the troubles around, you will have peace. I used to wonder, why would God bother to tell all these stories? Why, don't he, why does he know just what he wants to do? Why do you come to Mary and be telling her stories? Hail Mary. Be sending angels up and down, like we say. Let Mary just wake up and find that she's pregnant. Right? Pregnancy is pregnancy now. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. Why will he send an angel ahead? And the angel will be speaking with final authority. Don't be deceived. If Mary said no, the angel's message would not work. Wouldn't have worked. Wouldn't have worked. Why does it send the angels? Why does it send prophets? They do the same thing. All right? Very similar functions. Because you have to hear what God wants to do and activate it in your life. So Mary said, let it be unto me according to your word. That was what the angel came to hear. She had to say that. She had to say it. She had to say it. Now, you have to understand that biblical accounts are usually abridged, summarized. So that's why many of us get confused as to what happened in scriptures. 
Don't think that the, Mary just, the angel just came. And Mary said, it's a hail Mary full of grace. And Mary said, what kind of greeting is that? Who are you? The Lord is with you. And after one minute, they were done. And the angel said, bye-bye, see you later. No. This guy quizzed the angel. You got to talk. <laughs> Relax. You are, so what you read is a summary of it. She, he took time out to persuade the young girl. It's what the Bible calls full persuasion. He took time to explain things to her. After a while, he said, okay, 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 this is your explanation. Eh? The Lord bless you where you came from. Let it be unto me according to your word. I have it now. This is not what I'm about to tell you now. It's not scripture. I mean, like, I didn't read it from the Bible. It's a suspicion. I have a suspicion. The angel explained to her she had to say that. So why do you say that? Eh? Eli told Samuel what to say. When you hear that again, say, speak, your servant listens. I have a feeling the angel had to explain to me. She was a young lady. Sorry, I wonder what you lady. She was a young girl. Probably in her mid to late teens. So she was not a 25-year-old. Her late teens or so. Who that she had not been to Kingdom World Ministries to learn scripture for. Neither has he gone to Rima Bible Training Center. Nobody had taught her all these things. Just show up and say, you are going to have a child. The girl is looking like, are you serious about that? But she had to say that. Be it unto me according to your word. We found out again from scripture that for the older cousin to be conceived, the same thing happened. That's of Jesus Christ, John the Baptist. The same thing happened. The angel went to Elizabeth, talked to Elizabeth. I'm sure about that, even though it's not written clearly in scripture. Elizabeth had to receive power to conceive. Then, because she lived with her husband, and they were a beautiful couple, the man's words were so powerful. <laughs> they said, this woman, he will spoil this. No matter how much this woman agrees, he will spoil it. Again, please, if you're a married person here, work on agreement with your Spouse, that they work on it. Always try and be in agreement on everything. Anything you are not in agreement concerning and you are praying to God about, He's just going to be watching both of you. One of the reasons why prayer takes time to be answered is because of that. A woman is saying, I want a boy first. The man is saying, I want a girl first. Why don't two of you just shut your mouth and say, Look, whichever one you give us, we take? Is that not agreement? No, some people are very, very, very wicked. You do it like that. Father God, you say, we take us, you give us, you take. Amen. You go to your wardrobe. God, please. You know the one I actually like. Don't do that. <laughs> you have spoiled it. Always try and come to agreement. I read something long ago in Judas Digest. A man was talking, now, this is a small digression in the couple's matter. A man was preaching, talking about, you know, relationship, that is, husband-wife relationship, how peace can reign. He said a man went to the, a couple went to the market to go and buy window blinds. They got there. The woman said, whoa, this is beautiful. The man looked at it. What? That's beautiful? What do you call? How can you call that beautiful? This thing is ugly, man. You know that kind of attitude. The woman said, look at it. It's Venetian. He said, yes. That's why they said the Venetian blind. They are blind. That they don't know anything. Now, they're in a market where they sell blinds. So the man said, Look at the amount of time they spent on one blind. Say, it's obvious you don't like this cutting. That the both of you. Say, drop it. 
Go to the next one. Stop staying there trying to persuade the man to like it. And you know the truth? There's a reason why people like something. And your arguments will not make them not like it. Or not. There's, no, there's no need. One of the things I learned as I grew in life is that I just had to acknowledge that people are different. They really are different. You have to learn that. Small gist to make you laugh. My wife had one habit, which I couldn't understand. She would reverse out of the house. You know, like, if you've been to my compound, a bit sizable, all right? She wants to move her car out. She will reverse. They open the gate. She'll come onto the main road with the back. And I keep on wondering, Madam, why don't you just turn that steering this way? The back of the car comes in, and you enter the main road with your front. She said, it's not a problem. She, she, that this one is okay. I said, how can it be okay? I don't understand how it will be okay. So many times she's reversing. I'm, looking, I'm watching from upstairs. I said, oh my God, God, why does this woman like punishment? So one day, I did the husband thing. I said, Madam, please, please do what I say. Go out of the compound with your front. If you go and run into somebody who's coming from the other side, don't go. So I used that one to persuade her. She said, okay, okay, thank you very much. So she started doing the backing thing the way I said. Ah, finally I said, praise God. I mean, am I not a good husband? Watching out for our welfare. Until one day I got to work, just like I'm just you now, not just one of my colleagues, who happens to be like my wife, they are both left-handed. My wife writes with her left, does everything with her left hand. Okay? Now, this guy is a doctor. He's a pathologist. So I was just talking with him. Ah, he laughed. He said she's left-handed. That's why. I said, what? He said he can travel driving with his back. He said for him it's easy. He said, I'm thinking like a right-handed person, which I see everything she's doing has been complicated. He said for her it's nothing. So I came back home. I said, Madam, if you want to reverse anyway, just say, just reversing. The guy opened my eye. He said, no, because I kept on that this is a difficult way. And I said, no, it's not difficult. That I'm thinking like that because I'm right-handed. So he explained. He told me that he can reverse a whole street with his back. He just turned out. He said, for him, it's not, that he actually enjoys it. Going backwards. <laughs> now, I just want to illustrate something. This was just about last year. Okay? Or the year before. Just very recent anyway. It dawned on me again. Say, wow. You mean human beings are that different? That what you think is difficult for somebody else. But by the way, my wife doesn't seem to get that point. I'm the only one that's getting it. She doesn't understand why I do some things. Say, call this person. I said, I'm not in a talking mood. Say, what do you mean mood? There's no need to mood, mood talk. Just call. You're supposed to ah, leave it now. I said, Madam, I beg. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. I said, that one day my little boy embarrassed me. He's a big boy now. I kill you. One day my mother-in-law called those days. She's, I mean, very sweet mother-in-law she was. So she called, greeting everybody. Where's your daddy? The boy was talking on the phone. She wanted to hand me the phone. So I said, I'm not in a talking mood. The boy said, he doesn't want to talk. <laughs> I said, like, what? I rushed the phone. Give me the phone. Mommy, please don't mind him. Say, little boy. <laughs> the Lord is good. So people can really be different. Just, like I said, just an aside. So you have to learn to accommodate some of these things. So that man said that day in the cutting business in the market, he said, hey, drop that one. Go to another one. Find one that both of you will like. I I read that thing more than 25 years ago. I never forgot it. 
So just pick another one. Get to a point where both parties will love it. All right? Now, that's one key to agreement for couples. The second key, which I think is even more powerful to agreement, is submission. Okay? If you don't have it, like, now, when I say submission now, now there's, a, there's one person is commanded to submit. You know that? But then it doesn't mean that you always do things the man's way. I hope you're getting my point. For example, they want to paint your house. You know, the color is not very, it doesn't affect um, how heaven relates with you. You know that? You understand what I'm saying? And the color doesn't make angels come or not come. Such things, I mean, you just defer to the other party as much as possible. All right? It doesn't mean you won't have an opinion, but <laughs> some things are so small you don't, you don't, you don't stress over them. Right? You use your authority when important matters are down. Some things are really trivial. Do you get my point? Do we go to the Polo Park Mall or go to Spa? It's the same. Anyone, I know the things we won't buy. Anyone, you know, do things like that. I say, I mean, the man in the house, we are going to, hey, relax, relax. But there are times you make important decisions which has to, maybe to have financial implication. If you have health implications, I said, Madam, how you feel is secondary to what is good. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But basically, try and come to agreement all the time. Now, let me sit on the main thing we're trying to say. Because if you don't agree, God will just be looking at you. And this, he can't do much. He's not angry. He can't do much. Um, I think it was um, the one preacher anyway. He said one day, they asked him to come and pray for a young boy because he believes in the power of God very seriously. All right, and he used to have manifestations. So he said to come and pray for a young boy who shot himself in the head accidentally in America. Now you have so many guns, in America. you have more guns than human beings in America. Okay? And I'm talking about guns that are not in the hand of the police or the military. If we count that one, you have more guns than human beings and animals. I'm talking about guns not in the hands of the police or the military. They are more than the number of human beings there. One man will just have eight guns in the house. So, it's a com- so that's why gun violence is a lot in that place. And gun accidents also. It's quite plenty. One six-year-old boy a few weeks ago took a gun to school and shot the teacher. Because he was angry with the teacher. Yeah, six. Jada is afraid. It's Nigeria. Don't worry. Six-year-olds don't carry guns in Nigeria because they don't come to Wisville and shoot anybody. <laughs> yeah, the boy did. I read about uh, three days ago that they said they won't charge him. The Americans normally will charge him, but look at him. They don't, he said he doesn't even understand what happened. It's too small. But they're still thinking about charging the parents. Yeah, that's negligence. How did the six-year-old get his hands on a loaded gun? That's an aside. So, this young boy shot himself accidentally in the head. Sorry, I just need to add this gist. One little girl, they took her to, an, to a shooting ring to teach her to sh- shoot. She shot the instructor. <laughs> that was last year. She shot the instructor. Why? They gave her a submachine gun. No, a rapid fire gun. When she put the trigger, the gun pushed her back. She fell back, hit the instructor, died. That's why some people in America are like, please now, why must we have all these guns? Yet, 
Anyways, let's not sit on it. It's distracting from my message. So this boy shot himself in the head accidentally. So now I called this man of God to come and pray. He was in coma. He was in hospital. So please come and pray that he will recover and be healed. So he came and he prayed. And he continued praying. He would go home, confess the word of God. He did everything he knew to do. And the boy died. So when he was now trying to talk to people about it, he now found that the boy's father doesn't talk to the boy's mother. Then he got angry. Then why then did people call me to come and pray? That there was no chance in a million that boy was going to get well. God was not going to answer me. When the two of you are not even in the agreement. That was why he shot himself in the first place. The kind of atmosphere in the house is a type that makes accidents happen. Do you get my point? The, the man was angry. That's I'm telling the story. He said, for goodness sake, that was why the boy shot himself in the first place. People are making me pray. Meanwhile, he couldn't even solve the problem between the two of you. The disagreement in the home allowed the spirit in. You have to try and come into agreement. If you can come into agreement, then it's, I mean, the power of God available to you is great. Many things used to come to agreement. I've given a few examples. Just find a, find a common ground. If you can't, come on, submit. Generally speaking, the instruction is to the woman to submit, but doesn't mean the man can never submit his own, you know, position. And when it comes to personal desires, you should be the first to submit your position because that is what is called love. I hope you're getting my point. Where you stand your ground and wield the authority is not on your personal preference, it's on important issues. We are going to church, it's not preference. We must go to church. Do you, are you, you are getting my logic? All right? But it's like, let us eat yam, and I prefer beans. Please let them eat beans. It's called laying down your life. Eat what they are eating. That's why you're a man. That's what God expects of you. He expects you to deny yourself first for everybody else in the house, including your wife and your children. Where you with the authorities are, everybody here, time to pray. You are going to school today. You read your book. Are you getting my point? Things that have to do with proper order in the home. But... There's not enough water to base. Let the other base first. Do you follow what I'm going to say? It's called prefer one another in love. Always watch out for the good of the other party. And the commandment is first to the man in that area. Women also do it. They are supposed to do it. But then the commandment is first to the man in that area. You have one car. A guy can drive. Madam can drive. All right? And they are going to in two different directions. Okay? You go and enter the bus. Let madam have the car. I mean, you don't want your wife jumping more. Yeah, but if she falls down, go. You go and jump the bus and leave the car. Those are the kind of things I say. And it's not that you know she likes it so much. She said, like one day, my wife said that uh, I, wanted, I was supposed to help her. Yeah, literally, drive. School bus, seriously. She said, no, 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 you know, you had no Pastor Banky, we can't do that to you. She couldn't find the driver and all of that. I said, no problem. So I said, who's going to drive it? She said, I will drive it. I said, you're not serious. That's what I said. I said, Pastor Banky's wife also. She wouldn't be doing it. So I know, after a few times, I said, no, 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 give me the key. Collect, collect the key. What do you mean? Anybody that doesn't like, come and take the key for me and drive. Do you get my point? And that's why I used to, used to harass people like Uday, 
Like, if you don't do it, I will do it too. Ah, Oga, you can't be the one to do it. <laughs> Did you, do you get what I'm going to say here? Because sometimes the woman wants to say, no, 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 you're my husband. No, they want, want to put you know, dignity on your head. Leave it. If you collapse now, dignity will be on my head. When you're in hospital, leave that. <laughs> Let me suffer now. It's, it's cheaper for me than put, to put you through that kind of stress. You understand what I'm saying? Now, so, please, we have to try and... Why am I sitting on this issue of agreement, husband and wife? Eh? Be in agreement. You have to. You have to work on it. It won't come naturally. And then you have to learn to forgive. You know one of the things I found out? Forgiveness is very important for your health. Now, you know I like to use to brag on how long I've been married because that's how I used to see many people when they want to argue with you. I've been married for... And I always use the next date. I won't use the last one. Yes, now. I tell you, I've been married for 24 years. You know, all the people that are less than 24 just have respect. Not only is he a pastor, he's a senior married person who was married before I was born. And they will prostrate to greet you. <laughs> the Lord is good. I have to have a bragging right in this life. Man of God, is that also? I've married 20, for almost 24 years. See how And she's finding out now that when I first married, I saw her fresh picture, uh, picture of those. I said, what did you give me to eat when I married you? Did you look at you? <laughs> if it's now, I can understand. But that time, I said, what? I married you? What was I thinking? <laughs> and she'll say the same thing. Me too, I'm wondering what I was thinking. <laughs> look at you, look at you. Look at you. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, so over the years, I have learned, Okay? You just have to overlook faults. Not just, okay, okay, leave it. You just have to. You have to. Is it, is it, I learned it very little. Don't think I learned it in the first two years. Like, like, even like the 15th year or 12th year. I just a monkey. Yeah? You will just die for nothing. Just be angry. You don't just wake up in the morning. Just angry. Just be angry for, and then Satan will be very happy. Don't mind her. Why did she put, the shoe on this side. You know you've said that you don't like shoes here. <laughs> you've said it ten times. Thank you. They just stand there. It's a long time before. I will just stand. And I'm just angry. I'm standing in one spot. And for five minutes, I'm angry. Then one day I tapped myself. You will soon die. See, the way you are going like this. That is, you just wake up one day, just collapse and die. So I told myself, and really, God helps me with it. It's not everything you solve. It's not everything you talk about. You know, I've heard that you, let, let, you, you have to talk about it. You have to talk it over. You've heard those things before. So you have to learn to communicate. So I said, no care communicator. <laughs> One of the things I have learned, it's not everything you communicate about. Some things you just overlook. Yeah. And if you go and read scripture, that's what God does. So you are, it's mindful that your boss flesh. He does not deal with you according to the multitude of your transgressions. Just say, who's that one? He says, okay, Muti. Don't mind him. That's it. He just won't. He won't. He's not angry. He just wipes it off. Say, don't mind him. Say, Lord, you won't punish him. Say, he's a small boy. If I punish all small boys, will there be any small boy left on the earth? <laughs> Many people are angry with eh? God is laughing at them. That don't mind him. He's a small boy. 
If you read the book, Gentle Breeze of Jesus, Meltari told the story of one very arrogant and proud sister, by his own estimate, who the Lord used, I think twice or four times, to raise a dead person. She will be a person, she will hear commotion in the house. What is the problem? Somebody just died. She will walk in, pray for the person, the person will come back to life. Happened one time, two times, I think up to four times. So in their locality, she was like, ah, this sister is anointed. I know Americans, you know, they, you know they were, they now came to arrange to carry her to America to go and testify. Sometimes as if she knows how God did it. She doesn't know it. I can assure you, two things usually happen at certain times. One, instructions have been given. All right? And she just bold enough to follow the instructions. And number two, the spirit of faith possesses her. And she just prays for the person. There's nothing, there's no technique where you put your hand or how you lift the hand like that and how you do like this and how you call the name of God. God of life. God of life. The woman just went there. Lord Jesus, have mercy on this. We look at the way they are crying. Raise their father back to life in Jesus' name. And she goes away. And that's it. The man gets up, coughs, coughs, sneezes. That's happened a number of times. So the woman was now going around town. Have you heard? Say no. I am going to America. Why? You know, this this raising this of the dead things, you know? We thank God. When you finish raising the dead, you become international in your ministry. She had that kind of attitude going around. Have you heard? By next month, I should be in the United States of America. Why? Ah. You know, the power of God in our lives, when the way it's working, it opens doors. So Metari was looking at her like, what kind of thing is this? Being a spiritual man, he got angry and he went home. He went to pray, Lord, we need to talk. God said, what? So you have to stop using this girl. <laughs> he said, look at her. You know, she was an accuser. He was an accuser of the stressed sister. You understand <laughs> He was praying, Lord. So he prayed. God was watching him. Finally, he finished praying. He said, and I told the Lord, look at that. Other, there was an older, older lady in the church. All right? That said, God, why don't you use that one? Very quiet, very reserved, very humble. We never brag on things like this. So he finished praying. Then he had a vision. In the vision, he saw a father and a little child in is it, um, an apple orchard, right? So they were looking. So they are beautiful trees, but the apples were small and green. So the father said, what do you think of my trees? I think she cut them down, the little boy. The father said, why? He said, look at normal apples are supposed to be big, you know, red. You pluck it, you eat. This tiny, tiny one, they're not even edible. I think we should cut out the trees in this your beautiful orchard. They will plant new ones. And then the father tapped the back of a little boy. I said, don't worry. Now, that was the summary of the vision. Now, of course, being a, a, an adult, he understood that God is saying, she's a little girl. You are seeing fruit that hasn't matured. She will grow. You are not telling me, cut it down. So the vision ended. He got the point. Who was the little boy? Him. He said he was so ashamed of himself, he crawled off the bed and went under the bed. Literally rolled under the bed to find a place to hide in shame. Part of what the Lord told him that the person you say I should use, you don't know how stubborn she is. 
that she's quiet. So you don't know. I can't correct her on anything. Very quiet and very stop. And I have found it. It tends to go together. <laughs> quiet people. Oh, my father in heaven. They are quiet because it's hard to crack through the rock to speak. They are very quiet. Their heart is hard. As you are preaching, they are looking at you. They are not hearing you. They are saying, mm, mm. What they are saying is, mm, you are not serious. Mm, what do you think you know? <laughs> he said he was so ashamed of himself. He literally, he, because he was on the bed, he got up from the bed and went, rolled under it and lay down there for a very long time because of shame. Now, what am I going to say? That's how we are as human beings. So that's why God overlooks a lot of our faults. A lot of our faults. He said he's mindful that we are both flesh. He does not deal with us according to the multitude of our iniquity. There are some fundamental things he's looking for in people. Love for God. And there are some basic things. After that, he just overlooks everything. Now, it doesn't mean you will not get better. He just doesn't punish you for every little thing. Even though your pastor wants to. Even though your husband wants to, even though your wife too wants to, but God just says, look, leave it, they will grow. And that's why, as a husband and as a wife, you should also learn to overlook a lot of faults. It's not everything that you just, you just bear it in mind. Eight years ago, I told you this thing. This is, let me tell you, 50 years now, you'll still be saying it. So better learn how not to notice it at all. I'm telling you, that's all life, Bill. Why do you think Peter said it's better not to marry? <laughs> because... <laughs> Yeah. So, for your own health's sake, just learn to overlook some things. She be the thing will not go kill anybody. Just leave, just overlook it. So, anytime my husband finishes in the bathroom, there'll be water everywhere. Go and mop it. Ask for grace to repeatedly mop. So, he's an adult. I don't understand. Why can't he just bat straight? And please, there's one thing I notice about women. Anything you give them mechanically, nine times out of ten, until it spoils, they will not notice it. My wife used to do something that used to annoy me. I said, did you hear that noise in that car? He said, which noise? And my wife, what do you mean which noise? <laughs> if I still remember, I, now don't be angry with me. I remember things a lot, so it's not like I'm unforgiving, just like the way I am. I remember things. I remember something that happened when I was four. I'm not joking. So I, I can remember things. So this one, I remember where we were. Upper North Fifth, Transsecular, about to turn down that way. The only day has changed. I used to live in Upper North. I was driving. My car was making this noise. I said, what noise is that? He said, which noise? I said, this engine, I just brought the car back from the mechanic. This engine is making, he said, me, I can't hear any noise. I said, what? So I made up my mind. This girl is mocking me. If you tell me you can't hear this noise, you are not being honest. This is mockery. Thou shalt not mock the Lord thy God. This is mockery. Daddy, I said, I raised the car. Say me, I can't hear anything. So this is how you'll be driving this car. It will knock engine before you know there's something wrong. It's a very common thing with women. And then the women will now be saying that, why didn't you take plates to eat your bread? What is it with plates and bread? Can't the bread stay in the hand? So you are distributing crumbs all over the house. (laughs) 
Let me tell you the truth. Guys, try and get the plate. Okay? <laughs> but please, women, if they don't get the plate, don't quarrel over it. Just say, my husband, this is how Syrophoenician woman got healed. Crumbs from the master's table. No problem. Don't, don't need to fight over it. I can't even fight over such things. Enter, you enter the house. You just throw your clothes all over the place. Uh-huh. Is that not why I'm a man? Were you made from the dust? No, I was made from the dust. So you should understand these dusty things. What I'm going to say, please, eh? don't let what King James calls variance come into your home. Overlook little offenses, little faults. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, ask for grace. To, add, to cope with those things, not demanding that the person will change on literally every little thing. Okay? I'm not going to emphasize the fact that agreement is important because you activate blessings by faith. That's what I'm going to say. You activate blessings by faith. Your husband is doing a business, never in your heart go against it. Oh, please, I'm begging you because he will fail. Let me tell you something about grace. Grace is very powerful. Grace will make mistakes look like deliberate design. You hear what I said? Grace will make a mistake look like deliberate design. If you go and read the story, Mover of Men and Mountains, but how did Leto know? Leto know will look and say, hey, by every principle of accounting, he was supposed to fail in business. He knew nothing about how to do proper accounting. Now, we're talking about Proverbs 20, 27, 23. Know the condition of your flock. He did not need the condition of anything. Yet, ultimately, he seriously succeeded in his business. So, your spouse, your husband is doing something not right, like business and all of that career. Don't grumble and take the grumbling to God in prayer. I mean, you are waiting. Eh? When the family collapsed, you will know I was right. Don't do that. Now, don't mean you are not, you are not right. Lotono was wrong when it comes to his accounting, but eventually he succeeded. Just pray for, to God, Father God, please help. Sometimes you are angry in your heart. Take the anger to God and confess to God, please forgive me. I'm angry. Yes, you've given me enough understanding to know that what my husband is doing is not actually right. But so what are we going to do? I can't instruct it. That's another mistake so many women make. You want the man to sit down. Let me talk to you. That is, that is a sin of Eve. You know this kind of sit down. Also, please, I, I want us to talk. And in your heart, you have taken the pulpit. You're sitting down there. And you are giving instructions because of your PhD. See, blessing just driving out of the window. And let me tell you, these men, they are not listening to you. See, look at you. Look at his face. Does it look like he will listen to you? Just think about it. He's not going to listen. They are wired not to listen. You can be angry all you want, but I'm just telling you the truth. I wanted to know he has a quiet face. Like he can't cause trouble, like this guy. Those kind of people, the more quiet they are, women get used to it. Those quiet guys are the ones that don't listen at all. They're looking at you like this. Especially when you think you have the power to instruct them. Let me tell you something about men. They don't listen to women. 
Somebody said wahala. That's why, better get used to it. They won't, they're not listening. One of the things I taught my wife, I said, you make petition. Don't give me instruction, don't make demands. You offer what? Petition. The king is on the throne. He will come and say, my Lord, may you live forever. May you live long. Thy maiden request this of thee, that thou will release money. <laughs> Let it please your majesty. What if you come and say, my husband, the money is 25000 Where is it? You forget his transfer code. He, he is not listening to you. I'm just want, I'm trying to help you. See this black guy, he's not listening. At no meal, they put this man of God. They're not listening. You have to learn seriously. We can some people say feminists can raise their shoulder. That your shoulder will just break for nothing. At the end of the day, the man he will not listen. One day, one of our sisters called me. She was so angry with the husband. She was, you know, vibrating and gyrating on the phone. This is so unfair of him, sir. You need to talk to him, sir. She talked, talk, 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 talk. What happened? We went to my father. We only stayed with his parents. So I said, let us go. She talked, talk, talk, talk. I said, you talk to him like this? She calmed down. I said, he's not going to listen. Ah. I thought this man would say, nah, don't worry, let me talk to him. I said, no. I said, you talk to your husband? I said, I'm not going to listen to you. She looked at me like, what? But what I was saying is reasonable. I said, but you are giving him orders. He will not take orders from you. I said, go back. I'm going to beg him. One day I explained this to one of my junior colleagues at work. She went back and begged her husband for something that happened six months before. The man was wondering what happened. What is all of this? I said, my husband, I want to apologize to you. Something happened. What? It happened like six to nine months before then. She just overheard us talking in the office. She asked a few questions. I clarified for her. He said, no, it makes sense. It had to do with somebody to take care of her father. And then her family decided that she was the one that would go and take care of her father. So she would leave home and go and take care of her father. The father was sick. So she told the husband, I'm going home to take care of my father. The man said, no, you're not going anywhere. Ah, she couldn't understand. He knows the man is not feeling well. He needs somebody to take care of him. I said, oh, your family gathered, made a decision, then you handed it over to the man. I said, he will not listen. I said, what should I have done? I said, I have gone to beg him. So I've gone to meet him say, my husband, please, there's an issue. You know, daddy has not been well for a while. So, I don't know. Is it possible? I would like to see, you know, consider this. These are the options we have. What do you think? He's a normal man. He will say, I think you should go and take care of your dad. I'll manage the home for a while. But you and your siblings, you had a meeting. You agreed. Then you came to inform him. You try. You try. The guy's going to be looking at you like this. He will say no for a reason you don't understand. And the, what the, the message a lot of people make is that they will not sit down there, be calculating on how reasonable their request is. They don't understand that what the person is dealing with is not the decision how reasonable it is. It is that you think you can just throw it down on me. One guy works for my wife once. He had an issue. He had a funny behavior. So when I got involved, he came, he came to see me. He explained, I explained, he finished. Let's just call his name, Uche. His name is not, not Uche, all right? I just say Uche. When he finished talking, I said, Uche, you know what you don't understand? He said, what, sir? I said, this discussion is not about right and wrong. It's about who's the boss. I said, so you've taken time now to explain to me how right you are. Now, he was wrong. Forget that. He was very wrong. 
I said, but this discussion is not about right and wrong. And that's not, I told my wife that. I said, stop arguing with your subordinates. You don't prove your point to your subordinate. You give your order. Then you go and obey it. Or you, don't, you refuse to obey it. I'm not here to argue with you who's right and wrong. I told the guy that day, I said, you don't get it though. I pray one day you get it. It is not about who's right, who is wrong. It is about who is the boss here. Who advertised the vacancy? Who wrote an application? Who was interviewed? Who offered who the job? Who does the appraisers? So that's what this discussion is about. Right and wrong is, your own, is in your head. It doesn't apply here. A lot of people don't realize that thing. You don't know where the argument is. Many times people are arguing about different things in life. I say, you don't know where the point is. That's why when God makes some judgment, we are shocked. Because let me tell you something. He said to, how did he say it again? To Harkins better than, give me that, that quote. Disobedience like the sin of witchcraft. Yes, thank you. That's what I He said to obey is better than to sacrifice. And they told him that to disobey is like the sin of witchcraft. Because that time in Israel, they used to stone witches. So you disobey a commandment from God. He told, so why don't I say that? So when God is judging something, you don't know what he's judging. Many of the people you don't like in this country, if you know how he loves them. If you were there that time, you would not have liked David. If I tell you the atrocities of David, you won't like him. I'm telling you. So, I'm going somewhere here. So, sometimes, why am I talking about marriage now today? We'll, we'll get there. So, sometimes, you, why should you understand that? You don't come and issue the man instruction. He's he, he just looking at you. There's something I kept, I kept on telling my wife. Two things. I said, number one, trust me. I know what I'm doing. I'm not saying don't talk. I said, but trust me. If you ever give me the impression you are wiser than me, I shut down your counsel. Now, it's not deliberate, though. I don't know where I get my point. It's not deliberate, though. Is the way I'm wired. I need to pray extra to even hear you. I remember one day, we were chairpersons at a wedding. They brought some things. No, My wife said something to me on what I should do. I didn't say anything. She said, second, thought when I said, my friend, stop. I didn't raise my voice for people to hear. But I said it rapidly, stop, stop, stop. She quickly calmed down. I said, come on, you're just giving me orders. What's up with you? One day we were walking. She said, ah, ah let's pass here. She moved that way and pulled me in that direction. I pulled her back. I come, and I said, no, next time, what you do is, say, my husband, please, can I point something out to you? I'll say, what? what? I think it's a better way to walk. This is a shorter distance to cover. And I'll look and say, oh, you're right. Then we'll go. But don't decide. Walk in that direction and pull me along with you. God will punish both of us. I know him. He will. He will. And some of you that are always doing things for the interest of peace. It is your wife that should be doing things for the interest of peace. Your wife should never threaten you with disorder. Why are you doing this now? You know my wife now. If I don't do it like this now, she'll be making noise. Amplify the noise. So let me go and buy a megaphone for you. I am not going to do it. Don't threaten me. Wait, I, I, I won't talk to you. You will not touch me. I paid your father. I will touch you any time I want to touch you. So leave this thing. <laughs> Threat? That's how you survive the order of God in the house now. All those witchcraft things. 
You now make yourself a difficult person because the man did not grant something. What's wrong with you? That's witchcraft. And please, I'm begging you men, they'll never fall for it. Become more stubborn when you start sensing the witchcraft spirit. Yeah. You have to cast out that witchcraft spirit. Now what is a witchcraft spirit? Manipulation. Coming to the house, you are frowning because you asked me for something three days ago and you are still frowning as of today. It's something I used to do to my children. When I finished rebuking them, what do they do? They frown. I'll come back. Smile. Now, and I want to smile from your heart. How you will do it is your problem, but you must do it. <laughs> I can't do that to a woman, you know, she's, a, she's an adult. So, but for children, for, for, the, for the wife, you won't threaten me with it, you won't smile. You will not threaten me with it. Whatever you want, open your mouth, ask. I say, I say look, you have to learn to, I tell my wife, I say, ask now. Those you can see, you can see I'm not feeling well. I can't, you think I can see? I can't see. Look, I'm very blind. You're the one that's thinking I'm seeing. What I'm interpreting, you are, you think you are sick. In my mind, you've entered this your funny mood again. I hope you get my point. So say, ah, my husband, I'm not feeling well. Please, massage my neck. I'm not feeling well. Please, I need to eat. Then I'll go and look for food. Then if you like, eh? Go and rub hot water on your body. So when I come back, I touch you. You feel hot. <laughs> I want you to take care of me. Hey, not to be sitting down there. Say, you're like that. Can't you see I'm not feeling well? <laughs> I can't see. You don't know how blind I am. Who's blind like my servant? <laughs> the scripture like that. The Lord is good. Oh, how did we get here? Oh, people of God. Let's quickly summarize it. <laughs> Whatever you need to do, do it. Be in agreement. Be patient with one another. Forgive faults. Do you understand? Forgive. Overlook. Overlook a lot of things. Overlook. You know what the Bible says? Even talking about master's servants. It says if you listen to everything your servant says, you will hear them curse you. You know, I'm a university lecturer. Students, are, you know, they won't know you are listening. One day I was there. I went to give lecture. Class of maybe a hundred and something people. I got it like 12 there. Then somebody now shouted from somewhere. Has the Lucian not come? She's not know I was in class. Lucian is my son. <laughs> she doesn't know. Yeah, she said, Has the Lucian not come? I said, Hey, oh, mom. <laughs> now, wow. <laughs> but there's only one thing. God said, If you talk, you, you have not done it before. Where are the university? You will stand there and be mocking your lecturer. Say, when a guy comes, you say, number one. <laughs> you don't know your guy is right behind you. And you sit there. And your classmates are watching. And they are laughing. You think it is because you are funny. No, this young guy is looking at you. So that's what the Bible says. It's not everything you see your servants do that you pay attention to. So otherwise, you will hear them curse you. So instead of sneaking to the office to hear what they are saying, make noise when you are coming so that they will not say it in your presence. It doesn't matter. You hear what the president-elect said the other day? He said, I don't go to social media anymore. They abused the hell out of me. Our current president, President Buhari, said something. 
He said that they called me all sorts of... He said the one he didn't like, when they said he's dead, and that there's one man from Sudan that's now ruling. <laughs> he said he has heard... Oh, that is... Ah, no. When... As head of state there, you have to learn. That's why sometimes they don't listen. They can't listen. Because most of what they hear is insult. And they have, the painful part for some of those things is that they did those things. Of course, they are not true. And some of the decisions you are criticizing me about, you don't know the DSS report, the security reports they had before they made those decisions. You don't know. You say, you can't believe that our leaders are this stupid. Let me tell you, Nigeria is a very good country. Most of this nonsense talk you talk, talk in the rest of Africa. Some of these African countries, go to Congo, talk like this. You'll be, look, you'll be, so, you'll be so much in jail, even the words you spoke will come to jail with you. <laughs> and Nigeria, and you, you know, we write it on social media, we say, look, and that is, and you know what? No, please, give President Buhari credit to. He just leaves you. They were abusing one afternoon and night. Our pastors will cause him to die, God. The man doesn't answer anybody. So, Bolas and said, I don't go there again. Daddy almost killed him with high blood pressure. He said, They abused the hell out of me. So, the man said, I don't go there, I don't go there anymore. He said, They said, They make my blood pressure go up. You have to learn to overlook. That's the point I make. Just learn to overlook. In your home, also, learn to overlook. Yeah, and try and be happy. I hope you get my point. Yes. I found that it's a decision you make. Just be happy. You know, tickle your children. Tickle your wife. Pinch her here and there. Just say nice things. I know you are normally a very quiet person, but try. Go, go and cram a, cram a poem. <laughs> if, if, if you think that when you get there, you will not be able to look sincere. Record it on... <laughs> Yes. What's up, uh, voice note? Yeah. <laughs> just just read, sing a song you don't understand. Just sing it. <laughs> Send it by WhatsApp. Don't worry. She'll, be, she'll think, she'll know it's from, because for you to do it, it's, it no, love is a decision. It's not a feeling. All this emotional love is not what you're talking about. It's a choice. Can I preach my message now? In, in novel. <laughs> the Lord is good. But we have to sit on the issue of faith. We're talking about faith. I'm just saying that it's, it's important. So that you support, your wife is going out. Bless her in the morning. All right? Your husband is doing something. Pray for him. Again, let me just say something about order. You can't bless your husband like that. You can't. You can't pray for him. You can make requests. And some people want to, you want to bless your you are prophesying. I bless you today in the name of Jesus. No, no, no. If person you're senior, you're not allowed to do that. You pray for the person. My husband is going out. I pray that the Lord will go with you. You pray. But when is the other way around? You also pray. Then you prophesy. You take authority. As you go out today, I declare. It shall be well with you. Favor will follow you. Men will help you. Oh, in the, yes, do it. No, one must make that habit too. I taught my children that they are, they've learned it very well. Every day, sometimes twice a day, they come and collect blood, and I refuse to get tired. I refuse. No, it's, I refuse. As long as you will do that, I will do my portion. 
So they come and they open the door. In the morning, I come out. As soon as they see me, they put one knee down, put their head down. I will prophesy. You will serve the Lord. God will help you. Favor will follow you. Every day. I said every day. I ain't getting tired of it. I'm not planning to get tired. When they have, they have grown, married, left the home, when they come back again, come back again. Bring your, the, your children and we bless them again. I'm going to read your Bible. That's what the patriarchs used to do. I hope you're getting my point. It's very important we do these things. Because, you see, like I was saying, what faith does is that we use faith to decide the realm we want to walk in. Oh, this couples, people won't let me be. Let me finish. Okay. Let me finish preaching to the couples. Be in agreement as much as possible. Don't harbor anger against yourselves for any reason. If you can't talk about it, forget about it. Isn't everything you know, let us talk about? There are things you just forget. They say you build up in your heart, give it to the Lord. Uh-uh. Have you not read the scriptures? You can take your burdens and say, Lord, can you carry this for me? My husband, they annoy me plenty. So you know what? Let me take the annoyance and hand it over to you. Forgive him or don't punish him, but me, I don't want to be feeling this kind of anger all the time. It's not the Bible because the peace of God that passes all understanding. See, marriage, relationships, working with God, living life is not psychology. It's pneumatology. What is pneumatology? The flow of the spirit. It's a matter of the spirit. Psychology will like, you know, when you were young, you know everything in America and Europe now is abuse. One woman says something, say what they call child abuse. <laughs> you call child abuse? This, you call this abuse? Say, so come to Nigeria, you will hawk, you will hawk granite. Yeah, there are children who hawk granite every, Americans say it's abuse. Now, I'm not saying it's good, but those children don't turn out to be warped in character. To so be using every little thing they did that you, when we were young. That's the reason why you are shooting everybody. You know why you are shooting everybody? You are demon possessed. You live in the goal of bitterness and the bondage of iniquity. You did not let forgiveness come into your heart. Did they not abuse Joseph? They abused him into the pit. But you saw what happened. He forgave them. You saw what happened with his life. I told the story of Tunde Bakari. When he was talking about when he first got to Lagos, the kind of things he went through. To eat, he'd be washing clothes from house to house. So when he gets to the third house, he knows the clothes he washed in the first house should be dry. So he goes back and starts ironing again. That's a circuit of homes. Now that's not the gist. The gist is that when he finished telling the story, I was watching him on TV. He was in church, he was telling the story. He went into the congregation, pulled the hand of one woman, a deaconess in the church, pulled her up, said, Did I not wash clothes for you and your husband? Now he's their sorry, he was their washer boy. Now he's their pastor, and she's a deaconess in the church. He used to wash clothes for them. You want to sit on Past experiences to, uh, of why they are shooting people. People use the same past experience, became great in life. You want to use your own to shoot. We will lock you up for a very long time so that the demons can leave your brain. The Lord is good. <laughs> all right. So that's what forgiveness does for us. It frees us from all those. I mean, unforgiveness is a, is a door of the devil. And we don't want that in our lives. Okay, let me leave that. So, faith. We use that to activate the realm in which we walk. Remember, the God that created everything is not out of creating. What I want to talk about today, let me see how much of it I can do, 
Because the basis of faith, if you remember, we read from Psalm what? 29, to declare the glory of God. Last time we read from Psalm 62. I think it was 62, right? Say, so once he has spoken, twice I have heard this. That what? Power belongs to God. We read that last time. In verse 11, Psalm 62. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this. That power belongs to God. There's a reason why I'm emphasizing that. And we read from Psalm 29 in declaring the glory of the Lord this morning about the power of the voice of the Lord. If you go and read Hebrews chapter 11, let's just quickly go back there again. The book of Hebrews chapter 11. Said, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the words were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Now please jump, quickly jump down to verse 6. Let me back up from 5. He said, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Let me stop reading here. Now, we said that when he says, he that comes to God must believe that he is. We must know that God is. There is something about that. God is something. Now, please, some Bibles will say God exists. I don't like I, I personally find it insulting to, ex, to be saying that God exists. God himself is existence. That you can think shows there is God. That you can question the existence of anything is proof that there is God. The whole of existence is God. So when he says that God is, he's describing Certain things about God. That's what he was saying. He that comes to God, for you to come to him, you must know there is God there. But when he said, must believe that he is, there is something about him you must know. And the major reason we don't walk in faith, or a major reason, let me just say that. A major reason we don't walk in faith is because we don't understand God enough. We don't understand. Jesus said like this. He said, you err. When they were talking about resurrection. And one proof that the Sadducees had for them that there was no, there could not be resurrection. That is, let's use the word, there could not be resurrection. It's not likely to exist. It's because we have a law that says if a man marries and dies and all of that, then his wife should be married by his next brother so as to raise children in his name. So that was their law. So they now say there was a particular family that a man married a woman and then, you know, he died, the next one died. So many of them married this woman. He said, if there is a resurrection, so whose wife is it going to be? Do you get my point? So whose wife will she now be? So that was, for them, it was a strong argument. And Jesus said, you see, this is the problem. He said, you err. You are mistaken. Not understanding two things. One, the scriptures and the power of God. That if you understood the scriptures, you'll have known that marriage is just for this existence, this phase of life. So that question will not come up. 
Now, I'm going somewhere here. That many people can't walk in faith because they don't understand God. So when you give scriptures, there are people who argue. I, look, how many people have heard of the grail message? Yeah. In the light of truth. That's the name of that book by Abdrushin. I read the book long ago. Now, I wasn't confused. I read it out of curiosity. What are they talking about? I read only the first volume. There are three volumes. One of my senior colleagues you know, lent them to me. Now, this is my whole lent me was a knight of the Catholic Church. And I felt like telling the Catholic Church, don't people even screen your knights before you make them knights? Because they didn't seem to understand the fundamental doctrines of Catholicism. They didn't seem to understand because he recommended the book highly. And yeah, he did. It was with pride he gave it to me. Or gave them to me, three volumes. I read the first volume, scanned through the other two. After the, at the end of the first volume, I was tired. I gave him back his books. That whole movement is based on one thing. And what is that thing? They said the virgin birth is not possible. Yeah. They have your theories. Now, that's what Jesus was saying, that you don't understand the power of God. How can you tell me the virgin birth is not possible? I come to you, it breaks the order of life, but sciences have been breaking it since. Now they do, what do you call it? Cloning. And they didn't even study biology. If you had studied biology, you would have known it was possible. How do they make seedless grapes? I don't want to go into those details now. There are principles behind it. That biology, is it, uh, those of you who know biology, patho something, I think patho, capi, patho, patho, no, cap, something like that. There's something like that. They do that in which they produce new organisms, all right, without fertilization. Meanwhile, normally there should be sexual reproduction. But he didn't understand the power of God. How can you say the God that created the human being in the first place, who made the woman out of the rib of the first man he made, he can't do this again? And I found out something. God is trying to help our faith. In this generation, he does something to prove that he's still the creator. And I said, I'm going to pray for you today. All right? Let me begin the prayer. That God will come into your life and do something to prove that he's still the creator. Amen. He will do something that you will have to be a deliberate sinner to deny his power. He's doing it for you just to boost your faith. Sometimes that's not the main thing he wants to do in your life. He just wants you to see. When he multiplied, when he gave the drought of fish to Peter, Peter left it. He wasn't trying to make Peter rich. He wanted Peter to know that, listen, success in life is not from struggles. So fishing and fishing and fishing is all to make you a rich fisherman. So leave fishing. Let's go and serve God. If you are to fish, let it be service to God. Because prosperity is a gift. Oh, it's a gift. You can wake up in the morning. You can at least struggle. You can, to put 50,000 years together is a struggle. By night, you are writing checks, 50 million, and you don't even know you give anybody anything. No, that is life. Let me tell you, so whatever stage you are in right now, just be faithful there. There is no way. Why can't we just understand this? There's no way you can plot your life. See, what you're doing now, you want to work, you work, you work, until one day you become a millionaire. That is how to die before you become anything. I'm telling you, that is how you die before you become anything. What to just do now is, this is what God, God has given me for now. How best can I do it? 
How faithfully can I do it? Because when it's time to make you a multimillionaire, it's not, I will struggle, I will struggle. It's not. It's not. God will just open one door. I said, what God does is to open doors. And look at politics, of course. I don't, you know, this um, obedient movement and Labour Party wave, the part of Nigeria I hit the most, eh? For somebody said, Banky, John Gu mature quickly for this year, you know, go. I said, Bros, I saw we see him. You know, just a few, two elections ago, and the last one, once you collect PDP primary ticket, it's, India, no go, I thank you all. I thank you all. I see we're all members of PDP. You've seen it now. They put billboard in the Opera Square. I thank you. They one ordinary primary zone. I thank you all. God said, all right. Instead of thanking me, you will see. Instead of thanking me, thanking them all. It was so predictable, they could afford to sell the tickets. And people will be willing to buy. They come up with huge sums of money we hear. But God said, just watch me. You will know that the power belongs to God. I see people sweating now. <laughs> oh boy, see sweat. My see, I saw men lose weight. Have you seen some of them lose weight? <laughs> hey, without jogging, thank you. They did not juggle. They didn't go to a school. They just sat at home and said, it's my life like this. God help. He reached my toy. Things change. You think I can plot anything in life? You can't. There was one guy ahead of us. This is Nenugu, one of these guys, one house of rep. Say he was about to jackpot. Oh, you know, is Nedo? Yes. Now, please, no insult meant, all right? Please, no insult meant. Labor Party was never a serious party. People just used to go there. Just like, uh, let it be that I also ran for election. Exactly. Just, you went there. Say, they say, former, you know, as people like Vladimir, they say, former presidential aspirant of which party. That's what it was. For that reason. But they even pay money for their forms. So, one guy, what he does normally is ride a motorbike. He was an Okada man in southern Kaduna. He won House of Reps. All of them are displaying certificates of return. Some people are looking like, God, are you serious? Am I going to wake up from this dream? I'm sure, those, you know, Lagos did not present people for most of those seats. They did not present, Labour Party didn't have any candidate for senatorial in Lagos, and most of the House of Royalty didn't have. Those boys are crying now. Because they will have collected some things. But God said, I won't give you. So they did not buy form. They did not present candidates. They didn't have one candidate for any senatorial seat in Lagos. To their shock, they won Lagos. And I'm, guys are pitching it. Hey, I'm from the Senator now. I'm from the Senator now. I'm from the Senator. No, yeah, maybe because God knew I preach this They made me watch something yesterday. I've watched it before, Shark Tank. If you watch that reality TV show, Shark Tank, there was one guy, he did a presentation. I've seen it before. But yesterday, only two nights ago, out of boredom, yeah, two nights ago, I just was watching. This guy came to make a presentation. He makes special kinds of bathrobes, you no know, towel, bathrobes. He's a lawyer. Now listen to this. He's a lawyer. So he said when he first left law school, he did a job for somebody. 
drafted some agreements, put some things together for a company, you know, company work, all right, legal work. And the person was supposed to pay me by $1,200 or $1,500. Can't remember the exact, but something like less than $2,000, between $1,000 and $2,000, but let me like $1,215. So he asked his wife, he had a young wife and a little baby. And they said, okay, now, the person said, when it was time to pay, he did the whole work, when it was time to pay, the person said, please, this company just started, he was starting a company. So the, that entrepreneur now said, please, money is a bit tight now, so I'm trying to save as much money as possible. This legal work you did for me, will you let me pay you as shares in this company? So I won't give you any cash. Let me use my money for other things. If you'll be willing, I just issue you some shares in the company, which you are just you are helping me to set up. The guy went to discuss with his wife, and they decided that they need money too. He has a little child. So they went and told the guy, please pay. So the guy gave them cash, and they gave them shares in the company. So the, so the, the sharks now said, what company is that? He said, Under Armour. You may not know what Under Armour, but let me tell you further. They said, what is the company worth now? That your share, if you have taken it, how much will it be worth now? The guy said, mm, like $250 million. As at the time he came to Shark Tank to bet for $150,000 to invest in his company, he would have been worth $250 million. If he had just agreed to forgo a thousand five. That's a, let's see. Do you know for, I watched that, I was taking my, I tell my wife, I'm feeling bad. Poor woman was sleeping. I wake her up, I said, sweetheart, please now, beg me now, tell me sorry. He said, for what? And I said, for this guy. I'm feeling bad for him. The guy was looking at himself. Just a few years down the line, I would have been worth $250 million. Now I'm here begging for $150,000. In fact, if you like watch that episode, all the investors, the sharks there, they were like, whoa, whoa. They, they wanted to collapse. Under Armour offered you shares at the beginning, they didn't take. Why? His wife and him said, this company may go to zero. Let's collect our 1,005 now while we can. But it didn't go to zero. It became a multi-billion dollar company. He would have been worth $250 million. Hey, this life is not predictable. It's not predictable. It's not predictable. It's not. When it's time to be wealthy, that's what God did to Peter. Peter, he just told Peter, see, you know, I told you, so God did something like that for me. All right? He didn't give me money, but it took me to where people had money, and I stayed with them for some months. So drive my auntie about. It was, it was a school for me. I was just driving her about. But when I came, after NYC, came to her house. Her driver left shortly. She had two drivers. One of them walked in the office. One of them drove her about. The one driving her about, they had a disagreement with some people. He just walked. He just didn't come to work. Just called me, hey, banky, please. I need to go somewhere. I said, no problem. I'll drive. That became a habit for months. Every morning, I drove. If I was used to it. In the morning, I get ready, hold the car keys, let's go. I was the only <laughs> driver that was a doctor in Nigeria, if I can think about it that time. Now, what God did for me with that was that he just used it to show to me that those who become rich in life is not by struggle. I saw, I saw people. I saw people, like I said, and that's not a joke. They use six months. Now, if I give the figures, no Naira value has changed over the years. But today I'm telling you it's 93, 94, Okay. Yeah, 93, 94, mostly 94. It's a while ago, right? That's almost, yeah, 29 years now, okay? So the value of Naira, the way we count it has changed. So if I give you the figures, you may misinterpret it. So I'll use another way to explain it. 
They bought a pair of shoes, and that was a doctor's six-month salary. Yeah. What we will end routinely for being resident doctors. All right? They will buy one pair of shoes and a six-month salary. There was another pair, I remember, will be like nine to about nine-month salary. And I put my feet in those shoes to see whether they will walk by themselves. <laughs> they, didn't, they were just normal shoes. And people were buying these things. And I used to just drive around. And I said, what did they do differently from the rest of us? Yeah. Nothing. What God used that to do for me was to tell me, Banky, this struggle is not the way people get rich in life. Just leave that thing. Just walk with me. Exactly what he did with um, Peter. He just showed to Peter. Listen, Peter, if it is fish, if I bless you with fish, fish will be looking for you. You will sit in your house. They will swim to your door. Catch us. Catch us. We are today's catch. It will look awkward, so I will make you go out to the sea to go and fish. But you have so much fish, even you will know. It's not by your label. That's why I told the story of Mary Kay Ash. The woman had succeeded. She had worked hard. She retired and started a cosmetic company. Not because she wanted to sell cosmetics, but because she wanted to show the principle of doing business that people should be using. And God blessed it. She became wealthy enough to be daring to double the contributions in a church that she attended. But she didn't know that God was setting her up. Because God, I told you, he blesses people on credit. He said, you will understand later. Just take it now. When God wanted to show her that it was not her energy, she began to tremble. Because that day she said, the Lord told her, when you get to church, offer to double the amount of money they will give today for this project. She made the offer thinking the money won't be more than $5,000. Let's make a long story short. It was over $100,000 that she had to double immediately. Sunday morning, she made that offer. Monday morning, she had to pay the money. That was the condition she gave. Then God sent her the money ahead. While she was thinking, where will I get $106,000 from? Her phone rang and her son said, Mommy, the investment you made some time ago just started yielding. And you're sharing the first month alone. First month is over $100,000. That was when he hit her. That wait, God set me up. This money is not mine. He's been the one blessing me. It's not my struggle. She said literally when she was taking that money to church that morning, she was trembling. That she became afraid of God. Like this God, you are fearsome. You are fearful. Who will not worship you? Who will not fall before you? Who will not fear you? King of the nations. Basically, she was understanding that, ah, so all this while, it was not my energy, it was not my strength. And that was what God helped Peter to understand. And that's what you and I need to understand. Whatever you are doing now is just a place to be found faithful. That's all. To be kept busy, because idleness is not good. God doesn't want it to be idle. To be kept busy, to be found faithful. That's all. To be kept busy and to be found faithful. Please don't despise, no matter how little it is, do it well. Because, you see, it's God that's looking. I said, he said, you err not understanding the scriptures or the power of God. In each generation, God will do something just to prove to people, listen, don't be carried away by what you can see. I'm in charge here. He picked Abraham. So let me make a point to Abraham. See, Abraham's faith, which is what we study a lot, the father of faith we call him. He was trained by God to understand him. I hope you're getting my point. Let me tell you another thing. Please, learn to pray. What did I say? God wants you to learn to pray. Any trouble you find yourself in is an opportunity to pray. 
Did you hear what I said? Any challenge, any trouble, God gave it to, not devil, God gave it to you as an opportunity to pray. You have been sick for a while. You just came back from hospital yesterday and they gave you a dangerous diagnosis. Laugh. James said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials. You should laugh. You know why? God says it's an opportunity to experience my power. I'm giving you the word of the Spirit of God this morning. God said, it is an opportunity. See, and okay, you have a financial problem. Just tell yourself, I'm not calling anybody. I'm not going to beg anybody. But I'm going to pray. Rise up at night and everybody is sleeping. Read a few scriptures. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Go over it a number of times to boost your faith. Then kneel and say, Lord, this is a problem. Solve it, I ask you, in Jesus' name. And get up. See, he does that. He just wants you to know. Uh-uh, look at what happened. Asa, look, the prophet Hanani came and said, Oh, Asa, Asa, what's your problem? Have you not had such a challenge before? But the Ethiopians and the Lubim, not an immense army, yet you call upon God and he routed them before you. Why have you now done this thing and sinned against God? He said, now the king of Syria has escaped from your hands. And that's the person that you went to look for for help. Meanwhile, God wanted to deliver the person you are looking to for help into your hands. And then he was angry, like, oh, what is wrong with you? He said, the eyes of the Lord run through and through the whole earth. Why? He's looking for the opportunity to show himself strong on behalf of somebody whose heart is fully his. King James is perfect towards him. Let me use the meaning of word perfect. It's meant fully yielded to him. A heart that trusts in him alone. He wants to show himself strong. When Christians have challenges, one of the things God is trying to do, he just wants to show himself strong. He wants you to kneel down and pray. He wants you to just come to him simply. Say, Lord, help me. I know you can. That's all. Did you hear what I said? You say, Lord, just get on your knees there and say, Lord, help me. I know you can. So, no, not. See, a lot of prayers we pray. I say that. I look at them. They are not prayer. We talk too much. The Bible says, let your words be few. On this problem, Lord, I begin to pray. Hey, Lord, Baba, hey, God, Ado, hey, God. No, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's necessary. A problem that you can see, you understand. Come on, read one or two scriptures and say, Lord, hi, this my son is sick. He's uncomfortable. Heal him. Ah, what's the problem? Read a few scriptures over it and give the Lord thanks. It's not how long you stayed there that will determine whether God will hear or not. But you know the truth, we don't dare. That's the problem. We don't dare. That's why I wrote that tract, dare to believe. God looked at Abraham and said, let me train you in faith. First, he shook him free of everything he could depend on. What did he say to him? Leave your, your father. Let's just read it. Where would that be? I'm not reading it. Would that be around Genesis chapter 12? Yeah, chapter 12. Verse 1. Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country. That's the point. One, leave your country. From your relatives. From your father's house. To the land which I will show you. Like Bible in basic English says, into the land to which I will be your guide. That's Bible in basic English. God now says, now, having stripped you of everything you can depend on, your passport, your connections, your real estate investment, your stock, everything, your inheritance, your father's house, 
The father had land, remember that? Having stripped of everything, country, your passport, your relatives, people that can help you, who you can call in a time of trouble, your father's house, your inheritance, that's what he's talking about. They are not taking to a land I'm going to show you. Now listen to this. Now when you get there, where you know nobody, where you have no investment, where you have no human help, I will make you a great nation. <laughs> I used the way God did him. He threw him to the bottom so he can bring him up again to a level beyond which he could ever have gone to by himself. He said, when you get there, Ross, there I will make you. Your passport will not make you. Your connection will not make you. By the time I'm done with you, you will have no other choice but to give me all the glory. Did you hear what I said? What was God doing? I want you to have no other choice but to give me all the glory. Every single bit of it. You will not be able to give to another God. You will know only I made you. Nothing natural. I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. You will be so blessed. Now listen, let me tell you something here. Abraham's blessings were in two categories here. You see, the physical blessings, you'll be a great nation. Your name will be great. People will know you everywhere. But this blessing is also going to be spiritual. So that if somebody blesses you, the person will be blessed. Are you getting my point? What does it mean? I will make men understand that doing you favors is for their own good. I will make them understand that if anybody hates you, he will experience the hatred of the Almighty. It was a spiritual thing. Let me tell you what it means. It meant that if you were a juju man, you know, you like juju, you know what they call juju? You now go there and say, you want to curse Abraham. The Balaam you will go to, we warn you. You're not getting my point. It makes me laugh. You see, Christians, which is, which is, no. The blessing of God upon the people that have the faith of Abraham is that when they carry your name to the juju man, the man, it, now, listen, any juju man that, listen, please, get what I want to say clearly. Any juju man that's bold enough to place a curse on you is fake. It's fake. The real ones don't try. They will see it. So if you say anybody, say, I have carried your name to my native doctor. Laugh. He say, madam, he's fake. You're wasting your money. They're scamming you. How long has he been your guy? How many fowls? This guy is using you to eat. No, just what I've told you, people of God, is the truth of the Spirit, and I've given you the mind of the Spirit of God. If any jujuma we agree, if any witch we agree to cast that spell, they don't have the power. They are fake. The real ones, because these things are spiritual, the real ones, once they get into that realm, they see. They say, no. They say, There's a principle upon this guy's life. This woman has a principle around her. If I curse her, I'm cursed. There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an amplification and a bouncing effect. So he said, if I want to be blessed, let me go. Once they see it, you know what they will do? They will start blessing you. And God said it. I turned his curse into a blessing. Balaam went there to curse the people of Israel. He left there blessing them. Didn't you see the scripture? Even though his desire was to curse them, God said, no, he can't do it. 
And Balaam said, no, let's, they used every angle. Seven bullocks, seven bulls, seven rams, they will sacrifice. Then he will stop. After a while, Balak said, I paid you to curse these people. Okay, if you say you can't curse them, at least shut up. Why will you be using my money to help? <laughs> I don't know whether you're catching that. Let me give you the word of God. Same thing I said, I want to just repeat it. If anybody tells you, and, and that's why, let me quickly say this one again. That's any pastor telling you that the people who are doing you are this and that. Are you getting my point? Is again, he's also fake. Yeah, I was going to say unless. There's no unless in it. He's fake. He's also fake. You have been, so people have been giving, see, people have been giving offerings anyhow. Where they are supposed to give offering, they won't give it. They give the offering to people who are deceiving them. I see. There are people who don't like you. There is a coven. There's a coven. There's one comedian that's always seen things. The guy plays a pastor. I saw one of his uh, short uh, videos. I had a very good laugh. He said, Madam, I said that they've gathered to, 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 to boil you like fish. You are the fish they are about to eat. See, I was, as I was just passing, the Lord said I should tell you that they are about to boil. The woman said, eh, so I'm the fish or you are the fish. They want to eat. <laughs> so what are we going to do? Yeah, I'm just, I was going to the mountain. So just bring something for me to use to pray for you. On the, that's what they are looking for. That one is a comedian. But these real ones who do it, they are also comedians. They tell people who have gathered that you begin to pray. All the enemies that have gathered. I've told you that prayer is not a Christian prayer. If you understand Christian prayer, listen, any enemy that gathers, they, are, they want to do, you know, they are conjuring things against you. It's not working. They are blind. They are not seeing anything. Those who really can, those who have the, listen to me, Balaam had the power. He, oh, Balaam had it. He understood it. Listen, Balaam could kill people. People will come to Balaam. This is my enemy. I want him to die. Balaam will say, bring me one bullock, one ram. He will sacrifice. He will get into the realm of the spirit. You know what he will see? Oh, that's how Satan works. He will see the man, that man's enemy, defile his neighbor's wife. He will see that man. He will see it. Satan will reveal it to him. He took a goat from a young boy because he knew nobody. And did not pay. The boy has been to him several times. Last time the boy was going back, he had him beaten. So he wouldn't have to pay for the goat. Balaam would just see it. Once he sees those two things, you know what he does? He uses them in petition to demand the death of that man. Then he gets back home. That's the, the client gets back home. His enemy is dead. Balaam knew how to do it. Balaam was extremely powerful. Balaam was killing people. He knew how to make people prosper. Your business is not going well. I'll tell you, come. Three bulls, three rams. They will sacrifice. It was not a fake one. He will see. He will say, oh, this is a problem. This is a blessing you don't have. This is a generational curse that's working in your life. What we do, we will sacrifice seven bulls to appease God on your matter. And he will tell you, he will tell you, look, that's why you see some of these Islamic clerics some of the things they do. If you, are, if you understand spirituality, you'll know why. They'll tell you, 
You will go to where the needy are. You will give this amount. You will do it regularly. If you go and read your scriptures, you see Daniel said the same thing to Nebuchadnezzar. Break, for, break away from doing iniquity and show mercy to the poor. Paradventure, God will prolong your days of prosperity. They do it now. It's not new. Balaam will do that. He will tell you what to do. Listen. The bullocks he will offer, they will be for the forgiveness of your sins. When he's done, you will be rich. Balaam was that powerful. When things will get missing, they go to Balaam. Balaam knew what to do. He will look. Where did it happen? Here. They find a dead body. Who killed this man? He will look. He will just whistle. A bird will fly. He will look at the eagle. He will know what the eagle is saying. The eagle will give him the name of the people that clobbered that man to death. Fact. What I've told you is a fact. So many of us used to think that, eh, Balaam, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> when a donkey began to speak, he should have run. It's because you have not heard eagles speak. Do you get my point? Yeah, many of us are impressed. He said that he should have run. Why? You never heard a cricket give you gist. And it's in the Bible. He said, ah, you see, it's in the Bible. He said, don't curse the king in your bedchambers. What will happen? A bird. We'll go and report it. Things you said in secret. The walls are hearing. The trees are hearing. Balaam will tap a tree. What did they say here? They came to conspire under this tree. I'm trying, I like to describe Balaam for people. Yet, they're not saying the same Balaam. Curse these people. He said, what? They are blessed. They cannot be cursed. So anybody who's still cursing the one that God has blessed is blind. Anybody still claiming. So you should just know. So this is my own attitude. If you came to me, I said, did you mean I've got that against me? I said, it's one of two things. Either they are fake, which most of them are, or if they are genuine, they, they will know. They will send me a testimony. Some of them will give their lives to Christ. You got it, the young ones. The old ones won't bother. You know why? They knew ahead of time. But their hearts have been hardened. But they know what, where not to cross. But the young ones who are just coming up, they say, we can do it, we can do it. Shoot an arrow. God said, this one, let me just help him. You will shoot the arrow. If you come back, cut off his ear. So what happened? He said, we warned you. That guy's God is too powerful. Then the guy will say, but you told me you had all the power. They will now come to you and say, good morning, sir. Yesterday, we were trying to kill you. That's where I lost my ear. So please, can you just pray to your God to forgive me? And please, can I be coming to your church? Say, you need to be baptized. The guy will remove his cloth. Where is the water? Please, I hope you're getting my point. That's how much Abraham was blessed. Not only was Abraham blessed like that, God used him to release the blessing into the earth. So anyone that has the faith of Abraham has tapped into that blessing. I don't know whether you're getting my point. See, if you're a believer, eh, oh my God, there is no need to be afraid. If I want, one of the things I wanted to say at the beginning, I was about to say then, I got caught into this. I'll say, hopefully before I end, is why people are afraid. They just remind me. They said, I want to explain why people are afraid. But just know there is no need. What God does is what I'm explaining to you. He will take somebody from very low down. What he's trying to do is to show who has the power. That I'm the one that has the power. He knew Abraham's wife couldn't bear. He was aware. But if he did that thing now, why the woman is still young? They won't get the point. So he said, let us wait. Let's wait. Ah, you know, sometimes we don't want to be the one God is using for that waiting thing. It's, 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 it's kind of hard. <laughs> but do you know everybody that he has used, they have been tremendously blessed. 
Oh, yes, tremendously. Again, I'll get to that issue that I said I will explain why people are afraid in a moment. You'll see the application here. God looked at them and said, no, don't worry about it. Say, Abraham, just take it step by step. Sarah was a modern, at least our generation woman, actually. Her 90 years was literal. Now, this is where I'm going. God waited for her to that time, all right, to reach that point. A number of things. One, he was building the faith of Abraham. If it took God for that woman to be 115, he would have been in a hole. He would say, I've done the same thing. But he was just building the faith of Abraham. But this is the second part of it. He wanted everybody to know that by the time he's done, there is no other way it could have happened. So that after, now, many people don't get it. I said that Abraham's faith was training. So that after Isaac was born, years later, God said sacrifice him. It was training. It was not easy for Abraham to believe that God could raise him from the dead. I hope you're getting my point. The experience of Sarah was part of his training, building up to him to a higher level of faith so that he could now say, if God says go and sacrifice him, then God is planning to raise him up from the dead. It came from what he had experienced. If you read the story again in John chapter 11 of um, Lazarus, the story of Lazarus, you know I said to you that in every generation, God does something to make sure that you know that he's still the creator. You know that he's still in charge. You know that his power is not diminished. He does it. And that's why I pray for you and I'll pray the prayer again. Father, behold your children who are listening to you at this time. Come into their lives, each individual, and do your work so that they will know indeed you are still God. Amen. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. For everyone who has said amen, Lord, you will do it in their lives. Amen. You know what? The disciples have been following Jesus Christ. But you know, they, that was not the first person they followed. Though. You know, they followed John. Now, as a nation, different people had come. All kinds of human beings had come. So Jesus said, how do I distinguish this thing so that nobody will ever come and confuse them again? So one day they heard that his good friend, Lazarus, was sick. I know between the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, they said, this is the one we will use. That's the one we are going to use. And let me tell you, the fact that you have been serving God and you are his good friend does not mean you won't have problems. Did you hear what I said? Yes, but let me tell you what it means. It means you will have a resurrection. Yes, I hope you are getting my point. People just ask that, you know, if you are very faithful, that there will never be any trouble. <laughs> no, that's not what it means. But if trouble was to come, if troubles should come, don't worry about it. There will be a resurrection. Did you hear what I said? Yes. yes. The way God does it, see, he's a God that's yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Nothing changes in front of him. You know, he's, he has control. So what he does is that he makes what looks bad work for your good. So that one day you come to Joseph. Say, do you still want to go into slavery? He said, I know where slavery ends. It's not a big deal. I, I don't know where you're getting my point. Yeah, that's how Joseph, if you went to Joseph... Ah, they want to carry this boy into slavery. And you are panicking. You know that kind of, ah, Joseph, help us. They're carrying him into slavery. He, he has gone. He has gone. We don't know where he is. Do you think Joseph will join you to organize such party? He's going to be wondering, Lord, um, which nation? You know, that's what he's thinking. Who are the people going there? His mindset, he's so full of the fact that slavery is a pathway to greatness. 
that he doesn't worry the rest the way the rest of the people will worry. That's what God does. So what God does is I just look at him, listen, this is my okay, I know you are my good friend. Okay, trouble came to you now. So God solved it quickly. What's it like? Why? What is the hurry about? He that believes doesn't make haste. And just said, just relax now. He said, Lord, ah. you, know, I, 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 you know, God behaves like Nigerian Supreme Court. They just reserve judgment. What they want to do, they will do. I said, what is the hurry? He said, rule, now election is tomorrow. Ah. I, I remember what he did in Anambra that time. He said, it doesn't matter. When we read the judgment, if your tenure has not ended, it hasn't ended. Do you follow my point? Yeah, that's how God does it. You know, you don't put him under pressure. For what? It, for him, you don't understand. Okay, what will go wrong? It is, everything that went wrong, I will, un, I will unwrong it. I will make the wrong things look like part of the plan for greatness. That's why he's called God. That is why he's called God. That is why he's called God. That is why he's called God. That's the meaning of the word God. You must never, ever, in your mind, limit his abilities. So he said, what do I do for these people so that they will never forget? They looked. Lazarus. So Lazarus fell sick. And the sisters were like, ah, not a big deal now. We are connected. <laughs> this is yourself. You did do strong things, though. You go travel when Lazarus is sick. <laughs> you know, you know they, were, they were sure that not a problem. Lazarus is sick. Say, where's the Lord? Call him now. And they knew he would come. He's your friend, sir. The one you used to exist with. The one he loved. And then the emissary came back and said, the Lord said, the, 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 uh, the anointing here is great. It's moving. The meetings are powerful. I can't live now. Did you tell him how severe the illness had become? Because by now, that's what I was getting worse. I'm getting worse. And the doctor said that um, his heart is already failing. The kidneys have failed. It looks like the liver, multiple organ failure. We are surprised he's still breathing. If nothing dramatic happens, by tomorrow he should be dead. They sent back to Jesus Christ. Jesus said that, so what if he dies? And people didn't understand. I'm being dramatic, I know. You know what happened. Lazarus died. And Jesus said, I'm happy for you. He was telling disciples that I was not there. Because if I was there, you know all of you will compel me to heal him. And then I won't be able to make the point I want to make. He said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps. Peter said, well, because that Bethany is the place they are looking for you. We shouldn't go back there. Now that he's sleeping, it's a sign that he's about to recover. She said, that's not what I mean, Peter. I mean, our friend Lazarus is the way you people describe it, dead. I said sleep. Once you can tap somebody, you wake up. Doesn't, I mean, like, if somebody's lying down here, how do you decide whether he's dead or asleep? You try and wake him. And if he doesn't wake, you beat him harder. I only, ah, don't scare me like that again. You know, that kind of thing. You now know that he's alive. So Jesus, as far as he was concerned, Lazarus is not dead. Because I'm going to tap him, and he's going to wake up. I won't even tap him. I whistle, and he'll wake up. So Thomas said, all right, he's insistent on going to Bethany. Let us go and die with him. Please don't call Thomas the doubter again. Call him the zealous, the committed. Not doubting Thomas. It's committed Thomas. A new name for Thomas is what? Faithful Thomas. He was one that said, let's go and die with him. See, this guy has a death wish. He wants to commit suicide. Let's go now. They will kill all of us together. That was Thomas's commitment. 
It's amazing we only remember him for the fact that he doubted the resurrection. That guy was faithful to the Lord. He was willing to die for Jesus Christ. Jesus just used him again as an example. He, he showed up when the guy went out. The guy knows they stay for one place. That's part of his problem. When you are preaching, they have gone somewhere. <laughs> when his resurrection happened, you could count the doubt. Try and sit, sit with the disciples. The Lord is good. Of course, we know the story. He now said, Father, I thank you. After they go to the grave, that you hear me always. Now, please, the reason why I told all this, which we all know very well, is the fact that he said to them, for your sake, I'm happy. I'm glad I didn't go on time. Because after now, you know who you have been dealing with all the while. Because there have been many people they follow. They've, they've had fantastic teachers. They've had prophets in the past that worked miracles. But he needed to set himself apart so that this generation will never doubt who he is again. People tell me that, how can I believe in the virgin birth? I say, listen, my friend, if you raise Lazarus after the first day and you tell me you were pollinated, I will believe it. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know whether you're getting my point. You're talking about virgin birth. That is the smallest thing for me to believe concerning somebody who raised a Lazarus from the dead. If you say, look, stamen, biology people, if you say pollination, I grew out of the flower. I dropped from the flower and I began to grow. And that's how I came and said, bros, are you the one that raised Lazarus? Yes, it doesn't matter. Even if you came on Helly's Comet, it's fine by me. For me, the virgin birth is the easiest. At least now human being born you. I'm willing to believe you will rain down from the clouds. Why? Because he took a Lazarus that had already decayed. He spoke. To, he, he didn't shout. He didn't touch him. He didn't go there. Hey, uh, oh, uh, <sighs> is he getting up? No. Hey, uh, oh, uh, Kumi, kumi. He didn't do that. <laughs> he just spoke nicely from outside. Lazarus, I say unto you, come forth. The spirit of life. Now, let me t- explain it again. That body had to be recreated. That body. Look, you've, not, you've seen decayed things, haven't you? That's exactly how Lazarus was. What am I trying to emphasize? Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead so that we will understand that God, the creator, is still in business. I hope you're getting my point. Somebody needs to dare to believe that I see creating. That is why, you know, okay, I, I told you I was going to tell you something, right? I sat down and reasoned about it. I shared it here yesterday. Let's take the, the Nigeria election as an example. When I saw how involved human beings were emotionally, now, let me be honest with you. In the whole election, there was only one thing. Now, the, I won't tell you the one thing, is because it's flesh, okay? There was only one thing I seemed to desire that I used to dis- move one candidate away from another. Just one thing. Those who are close to me, they know. Okay? I've explained it. Beyond that little thing, now, which is not serious, I, it's just a fleshly desire. Beyond that little thing, I did not care who won the election. To be honest with you. There was, that just little thing I told you, it really does, it's not so important if the power of God is moving. But I had that thing in my mind. But beyond that, I really didn't care. To be honest with you, God is my witness. I did not care. I began to care when the church began to go mad. Because I couldn't understand what their problem was. I couldn't get it. What's all of this noise? Personally, I didn't really, I didn't really care. I didn't care. It's the reason why I refused, I can say this on air, to vote for any of the four leading candidates. 
I want to let a candidate that the chance of winning, humanly speaking, is minus. Thank you. I was going to say zero, but this man of God said minus 20, so I will say it was minus 20. Just to show that, what is wrong with people? For me, we had already, anyway, I'll get to the thing that people like us had already determined ahead of time, that is concerning the nation. So I, when I saw the people, involvement of people, pastors sending prayer point, let's pray that this person will win. I said, what is wrong with these people? It's democracy. Ah! When I saw the way they were spiritualizing everything, I said, what is wrong with people? It made me go to think. That banky, are you sure there's, it's not you that has a problem? Because my own issue was just that. I couldn't get the anxiety. I couldn't get it. Please, I don't know whether you get my point. Like, what? They say, eh, if, if, if these people don't, if this person does not win, if this person win, we're in trouble. I said, who? Me? Who? It's not possible. So for me, it was just a normal political contest. So we all have, you know, preferences. But this emotional involvement, I could not understand it. The way I will rebuke brethren. Do you know, people, one brother had to call me. He said, Pastor, you're getting too angry. He called. I said, please understand the reason why. He said, if you get this angry, he said something which made me calm down. He said, you discountenance the work that God has done in your life. He said, you think everybody understands what you understand? He said, you are speaking from a position of enlightenment, spiritual understanding. He reminded me of what I used to be. He told me. He said, remember those that all you did was listen to messages morning, afternoon, and night. He said, that thing has built something in you. The people you are angry with, they don't have that understanding. So I apologized to him, and I, I, after that, I calmed down. Because I was wondering, that why are people so apprehensive? So it made me go to pray. I went to meditate. People say, if this man does not win, I'm leaving this country. I said, ah. People say, ah, when, when this person lost, I felt like the disciples felt when Jesus Christ died. Ah. So I went to pray, say, Lord, no, something's going on here. Something's going on. There's a reason why people have this kind of attachment. There's a reason why people don't have this kind of, you know, why they don't have my kind of attitude. And you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? I believe it was the Holy Spirit. It's simple. It's very simple. It's extremely simple. The answer was too simple. You wondered, ah, is that so profound? It's simple. He said, because they are not full of thanksgiving. Say they are occupied with their problems. But what I said is that, why did they feel this hopeless? So they are looking for hope. And the Lord said, they are not full of thanksgiving. Now, I'll give you the words of the Spirit. I bless them morning, afternoon, and night. I bless them on every side. They don't take time out to count their blessings and give thanks. So they have been blinded to what I'm doing in their lives. So they are searching for hope where I have not placed hope. Yes, they lose hope because they fix their hope somewhere else. Why did they do that? They were not full of thanksgiving. If I did, we could walk, walk, walk us prayer meeting this morning, Pastor, can they say something? That you've been waking up and sleeping and waking up every day for the last 30, 40 years. You think it is normal? You say it's not normal. That is not normal. Came for a program, I think, here the other day. Saw one of my colleagues. Ah, how now? Long time, long time, long time. Young guy, professor. Hey. Then I went for a meeting the, 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 a few days ago. He said, okay, so they said, you know, because this man died now. I said, who died? He said, this man, ah. But I saw him recently now. Oh, they said he just woke up yesterday. He said that uh, he was having his headache. His headache was severe. His wife said, let's go to the hospital. He put him in the car. By the time they got to the hospital, he was dead. 
I said, no, I remember this guy. This guy is a young man. He was not sick. And the same guy killed him, almost killed one of my colleagues a few days ago. The guy, I was driving down. The guy, the guy drives very fast. Boom! Went past me on the express. I said, why this guy did drive like this? Then I got a call the next day. Are you aware? This guy is unconscious in a coma. I said, no, now, but he drove past me yesterday. He said, yes, that night he got home. He went into a coma. Ah, we had to start praying. Thank God he survived. Look, people of God, God has been good to you. God has been good to you. God has been good to you. One day I gathered my children, we were praying. I think it was COVID period. I said, I wanted to think about it, about four or five things you would like to have. Things you would like to have. They thought to me about each person came in like four or five. I said, good. Now, I'm going to give you time. Start thinking about things you have. Oh, my God. The list was endless. Oh. I hope you know daddy is one. I have, yes. Uh-huh. I have mommy. You count all the siblings one by one. That bed you sleep on. The fact that the time you are hungry, the only reason why you don't eat is because nobody cooked. Not because there is no food. I hope you're getting my point. If you jump into a car, somebody drives you somewhere. You count it all. You come to the house. There's no, you say, oh, there's no light. You call yourself. You go and on the jet. You know that kind of thing. You take it for granted. Listen, generator is of God. Fuel is a gift of God. Inverter is supplied by the Almighty. Don't just assume that it's a normal thing. There is nothing normal about all these things. That day I told the children, start counting. They counted. I said, have you noticed that what you have far outweighs the things that you desire? Let me tell you, like I keep on saying, anybody can travel anywhere. Many people are watching us this morning from different countries, so I don't have a problem with that. But please, don't lose your place because of lack of gratitude. Because many people, the reason why, what they have done is they've lost their place. Why? They are not grateful. They are so focused on what God hasn't done for them. And God said, now, wow. So what is one way I don't do for you? But you just, you, just, you just take them for granted as if it's nothing special. You take them for granted I think, as if it's nothing special. If you know the kind of trouble, because of the kind of work I do, if you see the kind of troubles I have seen, if you see the kind of troubles I have seen that people have, something... Ah, Yesterday I said, I said, God, please now, help people now, forgive people now. When I see troubles people are going through, is it whole families? One family, everybody came from one nature, came to somewhere near, no good, they came to do wedding, but then they finished wedding, they were all dead. Yes. We're not supposed to determine why they died. I think there was a definition, somebody mistakenly kept the generator in the wrong place. That's all. Nothing more. They came to the village. It was night or something. They decided to change the generator near the house. Window was open. One breeze came, carried all the fumes into the house and killed all of them minus one person. I'm talking like a family of six, five died. They didn't put it inside the house. Just put it somewhere close by a window that they left open. 
Breeze just collect the thing, pack all the fumes. Of course, it's the spirit of death. And you still alive? And you're not rejoicing? I'm giving thanks. And I found out that is why people curse the president every day. Not because he did anything to them, just because they are angry. So who do I blame now? The Bible says they curse God and the king. That's what they do. They start cursing the king. They abuse him. They say, hey, when he came into power, look at where Naira was against the dollar. Look at where it is now. And I keep laughing. Do you know where it will have been? Is it not of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed? Do you know where it will have been? You have no idea. It's not because you're angry. It's not because you think you did anything. You are just angry that the car you wanted to buy, the price has gone up. <laughs> and you have bought it last year for 2.5 million. Last time you went to prison, they tell you, he's not telling you that it is 4.8. So what do you do? You curse God and the king. People hardly curse God directly. So he's cursing the king. Is a method by which they are cursing God. They are angry. They are angry. They are angry. They are not full of thanksgiving. The Holy Spirit just helped me to see it. Banky, you know one reason why you are not feeling afraid like they are feeling afraid? Because I have taught you to give thanks. So you wake up every morning, Lord, I thank you. I get a cup of water to drink. I'm not joking about it. I thank God for it. Oh, I thank God for it. I thank God for it. There's no meal I eat. I don't give the, I, I don't mean just habit. I'm happy. Lord, thank you for food. I wake up in the morning. I touch the bed. Thank you, Lord, for this bed. Ah, this is my bed. Bed. Lord, I thank you. So I look out of my window, see my car parked there, I look up and I say, Lord, thank you. And I know what I'm saying when I say, Lord, thank you. I get to my shoe rack. Lord, not bad. Thank you. Shoe. You say, ah, Pastor, can't you buy shoe? You get leg to wear a baby. Me, I thank God for everything. Thank God for clothes. I thank God for everything. I look at my children. Sometimes they are laughing, you know, and they can be noisy sometimes. And just tell my wife, they are laughing. They are laughing. I know families that what they do is shoot themselves. They are laughing. One of my friends said one day his brother entered the house. The father you know, was angry with him. I said, this boy said, are you sure you are my son? The boy locked everybody in broke petrol. He said, if you don't tell me who's my father, I'm burning this house down with everybody inside. Yes, it's my friend. You know the way a man just talk out of anger? The boy locked everybody in. Petrol was there with him. And matches in his hand. Say, you say you are not my father. Tell me who it is. <laughs> When my friend told me this, I was like, what? He did that? He said, yes. The young man has given his life to Christ. Now he's calm. <laughs> Look, that is, the mother was on the knees begging. Because no, that kind of anything can go wrong. Yes. He, so sometimes my children, they, they are laughing. They are laughing. They are yapping each other. They are laughing. I tell their mother, they are laughing. I said, they are laughing. I have never, never Hear them fight. Ever. I raised children who have never fought each other. When I was young, I used to rack my brother. And they knew what to do to start the fight. 
There's what you will say. I don't care your age. I don't care your height. I'm rushing you. Tell me, so I, t- I, t- I tell them, and I say, ah. I say, your children don't fight. I say, just thank God. And I give, and ser- seriously, I give God thanks. I get on my knees and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. You know, Enugu has water problems. Uh-huh. If, you, if, you are, if you grew up like, I tell you, those are the ones go to my, my wife's parents' place in Benin. No Benin people, Delta people, they don't know the problem, you know, water problem. When they say they have ball, they don't have ball hole. They just dug a hole and covered it. And the water will pump itself. When they say to the every corner of there, they don't have a problem. You now come to Enugu. Enugu. Gu, gu. It's on top. You say, let us dig small well. You bring so much coal out, you wonder whether you're now a mining corporation. The other day, I just saw my neighbor dogs, so I don't know what. I told my son who came there, I said, go and snap that thing for me. To see the amount of coal this guy is brought out from the ground, just trying to dig a small well. Sometimes you, you dig it where you bring it out, you see petroleum products on top of it. Yeah. So, of course, a tanker will just come periodically. My wife buys the, the whole tank, they will discharge the whole tanker, fill everywhere with the manager and they go. And I show children, you know, how to fetch water, how not to. You know, you have all kinds of methods, what to use. Of course, a few years ago, the well just spots. You used to have clean water, but now very horrible water. But this is where I'm going with everything. At the end of the day, I thank God. Because we always have water to drink, water to have a bath, water to cook, water to flush the toilet, water to keep everywhere clean. One way or the other, we have it. I'm going to read my, this thing, what I call keep on trucking. One way or the other, we keep moving. He said, the roads are dangerous. The roads are dangerous. One way or the other, you keep going. You keep coming back. You've been missing the bus that ran into the train. Haba. No, we have to be grateful. And I'm telling you, the Lord said, listen, the reason why people are confused is because they are not grateful. Because I thought about it. Why would this amount of confusion be out there in the air? The Spirit of God said, it's because they are not grateful. It's because they are not grateful. It's because they are not grateful. Pastors are not even teaching the people to be grateful. They come to church in the morning. They curse the king from the beginning to the end. You know, you see countries better than Nigeria. If you go, you look at Tabra. And I'm looking and I say, no, the Bible says, associate with the lowly. You know how I interpret that? I don't look at those who are better than me when I want to give God thanks. I look at those who are worse. You know why? That's where I should have been. It's arrogant for you to think you should have been on the other side. I know where I should be. It's not called iniquity. It's not called sin. Where we should be is like Somalia. If the Lord had not been merciful to us, we would have been like Sodom, we would have been like Gomorrah. That's what we should have been. That's what we should have been like. You think you have troubles? Go to Afghanistan. I was reading about Afghanistan yesterday. I said, my God, these people get trouble. School went on holiday. School resumed. They said the girls can't come back. And you think you have trouble? Meanwhile, the country is poor. They, can't, they have nothing to export uh, apart from hard drugs. 
Heroin, yes. They're very fertile ground for making heroin, which don't even sell again because Chinese are now making fentanyl. <laughs> you don't know? Listen, fentanyl is at least 50 times as potent as heroin. And it's a synthetic drug, which, makes, which means making it costs next to nothing. When for government regulation, they could make you a vial of fentanyl for, for 200 naira. Cocaine, heroin, you still have to grow the poppy and still nurse it and still cut it and still milk it and still pack it. And still Chinese man will just turn the machine. Fentanyl is pouring out on the other side. The reason why he can't sell it is because of government regulation. He can give you a vial of that nonsense for 200 naira. What am I saying? Even the hard drug, they can't even export it again. Depend on aid, which is no longer coming because of the Taliban clamping down on things. And as soon as I think, I said, these are human beings living there. And I'm complaining about Nigeria. I just look and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Because of being grateful. That's why I don't have the fear other people have. Someone say, you suffer from under eight years. I say, I'm not suffering right now. And I'm only going to improve. People say, hey, government. I said, God, you don't know how much government is helping you. No, this federal government of Nigeria, please, they didn't send me. It's God that sent me. Let me tell you the truth. They are, I think, naturally speaking, they are carrying more load than anybody should carry. The number of universities they have, they have to pay the lecturers. And the students pay next to nothing. That's not the gist. The state universities will now open around the federal universities. It's not a trick. You know why? The lecturers that the federal government is paying will be working for their part-time, and they'll be giving that one pittance. And that's because it's extra money. I just collected. Don't worry, I've been there. When I used to teach in Esut, my colleague would say, he's not the dean. <laughs> he said, my brother, the work you are doing for us is the work of God. Just take it like that. <laughs> he said, it's the work of God. It has to be the work of God. Give me a fraction of what your neck was paying and gave me twice the job, amount of work. And it's not only me. That's what they do. Yeah, I'm going. Why would anybody take it? Federal government is already paying them. The, what the states call IGR. Eh? That's what they're always fighting for federal uh, presence. For example, the heaviest employer of labor in Enugu is the University of Nigeria. They get paid billions of naira every month by federal government. All their personal income tax in Enugu State. Next, University of Nigeria Teaching Hospital. Billions monthly in salaries. All the personal income tax to Enugu State Government. So the, <laughs> the federal government, what the states call IGR, IGR, apart from motor park money they collect, most of it, <laughs> for many of these are our states, most of it is income tax from federal workers. So you wonder why the federal government is always waiting. If you just see federal government, eh, is, Jesus is preaching to them, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy lady. Those guys are heavy lady. On top of that, they have to subsidize fuel. And somebody wake up every morning cursing them. You want to know the truth? God is angry with you. God is angry with you. They say, I neck, I neck. God say, I give you small work on your street. You rigged it. <laughs> then you're shouting, I neck. Listen, people wake up every day. They don't realize. God, let me tell you again. God says, Listen, this is what the Spirit of God is saying. I have blessed you in abundance. You're too blind to see it. That's the truth. 
that I have blessed people in abundance, they're just too blind to see it. Now, because they are not giving thanks, therefore I give them over to further blindness. So there's a beautiful future ahead of them. They can't see it. So they sell their inheritance. Is the reason, Apostle, why a bank manager will resign the job, use all the money, sell his house, say, I'm going abroad. Say, what are you going to do when you get there? Say, I don't know. It's the blindness of the spirit. But you are looking like, excuse me, sir, what are you looking for? No, he says there's no future where I am. And you're wondering. You can see the future. You can see it. But he can't see it. The fear has gripped him. The spirit is saying, if only he has sat down, looked over his life, and realized that his father was poor, yet I helped him go to school. And that this job he has, he did not even know he could get it. Last minute was when he applied. There have been two troubles that came. I delivered him from each one of them. I promoted him to this level. Look at how much is, and I gave him a house. His children all go to, a good, to good schools. His neighbor was robbed. I made sure he didn't get to his house. The other guy fell sick and died. He should have died too. I delivered him. But he didn't count any of this. What he counts every day is that he hears of wars and rumors of wars, which none of which have come near him yet. He has experienced none of them. He just keeps reading. Then he says, nobody is safe in this country. God said, but I've kept you safe. You're 45 years old now. I have kept you safe for 45 years. That's okay. That's the way you want it. He removes vision from him. Every day what he sees is trouble, trouble. Then he sells the house, resigns the job, packs three children and his wife, and runs to a country where nobody wants him. Then he starts begging. It will take him about five, six years before his eyes open. By that time, he can't turn back again. Why? It's not about decision making. People say that. Why? It's not about decision making. It's about what? Blindness that arose from lack of what? Gratitude. Lack of thanksgiving. Please let me end my message so we can go. Even though I've not really finished it. The point I'm making is this. The power belongs to God. When we don't recognize that power, that's when we become afraid. What is real faith? Real faith comes out of knowing that the power belongs to God. He still creates. He still creates. He creates. He's a creator God. Like I said, he took Abraham down to the bottom so he can lift him up by himself. So everybody will know that he's still the creator. He waited for Lazarus to die well. You know, like die. Die very well. So that when he spoke, everybody understood that the Father still creates. And what's the message for today? Once he has spoken, twice we must hear this. That the power belongs to God. So that if he makes any promise, don't think it's hard for him to do. Say, I'm the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me to do? He said, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, he said, would be impossible. What is impossible with man? He's very possible with God. There's not the illness that's so, sorry, which illness is as bad as dying? Which one? Which one is as bad as being dead for four days? This is the living embalm, so the body is still together. All God needs to do is remove the embalming fluid. Lazarus case, no. It was horrible. 
yet he raised him back to life. What is he trying to say? See, everybody bear this in mind. With me, nothing is what? Impossible. This is the faith we put in our hearts when we go to prayer that makes answers possible. Let me end it with this. Remember, what God wants to do in our lives, he says, you have to walk with me by faith. You have to walk with me by faith. That's what he's saying. You have to activate your faith. You have to train your faith. You have to defend your faith. You have to protect it. You have to make sure it grows. Because great works I am going to do in your life and in your generation and your eyes will see them. Brethren, your testimony is going to be very personal. That is, you won't tell the story of what somebody... Now, what God did for somebody, you will hear of it, most certainly. The woman with the issue of blood, head of Jesus Christ. What he he was doing in the lives of other people. But you know what? That thing came into her life. The power of God came into her life. So the prayer I'm praying for you is that this year, 2023, that's where we are in. And whoever listening to this in your own year, God will bring you your own testimony. Amen. You, look, testimonies are undeniable. You know that this one has to be God. Abraham left everything. Then God made him great and made him very wealthy. You may not have anything to leave, which is good. It's good. You are down at the zero point where God had to take Abraham to consciously. But from that point also, God will lift you up. He's a God of all flesh. There's nothing too difficult for him. He's a God of all flesh. With him, nothing shall be impossible. That's why we read at the beginning from Psalm 29. His voice is powerful. His voice, he speaks. Cedars in Lebanon break. They break. He speaks, he dries up waters. He speaks, and water comes out of a rock. It had to be rock, the most unlikely place. For somebody listening to me, water is coming from a rock around you. Help will come from a place you did not think help was possible. Water came out of a rock. It's a sign. It's a sign of the power of God. It's a sign of the power of God. Once he has spoken, twice we have heard this. The power belongs to God. Lord, we thank you. Thank you this morning. Thank you for the miracle you are working in the hearts of those who heard your word today. We give you all the praise. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.